1: Blob Talk Radio. Muscle aches, rashes. To find an answer. Hair loss. I'm so tired. You need to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keith. This is a special edition of the show, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, My name is Joy Keys, and you can follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter, or you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And I'm also on Instagram, lots of cool pictures. Check me out. on Saturdays with Joy Keys. If you tag me in a photo, you might win a prize. As my listeners know, I give away gift cards, iTunes downloads, dinner tickets, all kinds of things, show tickets. I really encourage you to follow or become a fan or tag me. It really does happen. It's not a hoax. I actually do send out the giveaways. People have taken pictures of them, posted them on the page as proof that I'm not just, you know, using your information, you know, for my own devices. So I really want to encourage you to follow at Joy Keys or become a fan. I also want to say thank you to the current followers, listeners, taggers. Thank you so much. Uh, We're past a million downloads of the podcast And I want to just say thank you, and I hope that you have enjoyed the shows and shared them, you know, with your friends and family. Uh, Just, again, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Well, tonight I have a new actress on the scene. Some of you may not be familiar with her, but currently she's appearing on HBO's The Leftovers. But you might have seen her in The Adjustment Bureau, Deep Powder, All is Bright, or Seven Psychopaths. She's also been on TV and also on stage She is a Yale graduate. Uh, Her name is Amanda Warren. Good evening, Amanda.
0: Good evening, Joy. Thank you so much for having me on the program this evening. Thank you.
1: Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for calling in. I know you're probably a busy schedule now with the show, Um, just going like full speed ahead here and really keeping everybody on the edge of their seats. I mean, yesterday I was like, what? Oh,
0: my God! <laughs> it was something else, right? We're really picking up some momentum and and I'm happy to say that as as any television show would hope that with your cast and crew that just keeps getting better and better um as each episode you know um progresses so it been a real joy to um, hear everyone's responses and reactions to everything, you know, here in New York City, which is where I live and I'm based, and it's just really exciting responses that we've been getting. So it it's good that it's been getting better and more intense, and and there's no, um, there's no, uh, um, we're not diminishing from that at all. So, so you know, episodes 9 and 10 will be very powerful episodes, and uh, in episode 9, which is this coming Sunday, we have our flashback episode, which Damon Lindelof, he's known to flashback and flash forward every once in a while, so you guys will get some history from the characters' uh Post um, or excuse me, pre-sudden departure.
1: Well, let's start at the beginning with you and your beginning. So you're an actress. Now, why an actress and why not, you know, a chef or an astronaut or a doctor? What made you become an actress? Believe it or not, I explored every single avenue
0: before, <laughs> before even entertaining the idea of being um, a performing artist. I took up uh, singing, In high school, I went to the professional performing arts school. And for a while, I just really enjoyed myself in the arts, but I always thought that – you know, um, I, I just really wanted to make a solid living for for whatever family I ended up having and ha- having to take care of. So I, But I still had very big goals and aspirations, like being perhaps a lawyer I remember entertaining. But, but most of all, I really was interested in broadcast journalism, reporting global events and helping people understand why things have happened, um, which most of my uh, Journalist heroes often do uh, Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters, um, uh, Pete, the late great Peter Jennings, and so so that was always something that I was interested in. But then I, when I was at NYU Tisch, Stella Adler, I did this um, extended piece of dialogue um, from a character named Rose, which Viola Davis actually won the Tony for a couple a few years ago, and okay. I did that. And someone told me, they were like, you can make money. And I was like, I can yeah. make money. <laughs> I can make actual real living out of this. Well, okay. And then I started to take things a little more seriously and find out, what I was really passionate about and why I was still gravitating to uh, to the dramatic uh, form. So I I really started to do some research, get interested in different actors and what their different approaches were, and that's how I found my footing. But yes, I I, I, I never thought that I could make an actual living out of this, and I'm happy to say, knock on wood, God has blessed me, and I am uh, uh, proud to be a working
1: actor. <laughs> Well, you must have had a lot of guts and a lot of confidence because you decided to go to Yale. I mean, that's not like, you know, that's not for the weak of heart. Uh, Did your family support you a lot? Did you have a lot of friends and family that supported you, or were you out on your own when you made that decision? No,
0: I I can't imagine having gone through this without my family or my friends they have been my support system this entire time and yeah it for, for me it's, it's one of those things go big or go home so you know <laughs> I, I looked at this this piece from Fences and i said well i said i'm i'm this woman isn't much older than i am chronologically i said but i feel i feel very connected to the text the, the words kind of have breath on the page before vocally activating them, or at least that was my experience with obvious books and pieces in general, but Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's what I auditioned with, and I auditioned for another graduate school, and I was like, go big or go home, and I I went big, and, and it paid off. I'm happy to say, I'm very happy to say it was a huge payoff, and Every day at Yale was a gift. Even the days when I felt like I'm the worst actor alive, I'll never survive this. But I, I, I did okay, and I'm, I'm thrilled and and so humbled and, and grateful for for what Yale gave me. It, it was everything, and it's the reason why I'm probably talking with you today on your show.
1: Well, I'm glad that it worked out for you. You have a lot of quiet strength in the character you're playing on the leftovers. We don't see you in every single scene, but the scenes we do see you, you know, you all remember, you know, I want to remember, okay, who's that woman? Like, is she going to come back? What is she about to do? What was your first gig? Do you remember when you left Yale? I do. I even
0: remember my first lines. I had a, when we graduated, we graduated, we had a Memorial Day commencement at Yale. So that Monday I had a negative balance in my checking account and plenty of student loans <laughs> in Yale and sitting with the family who was joking because of all the schooling I had and joking about that I would, that the next step would be to go to Harvard for the PhD program. Cause that was the only great program for, for acting in theater. And I was like, ha ha, very funny. But if you look at my account, I need a job quickly. And so I meditated and prayed on that. And, uh, I had a manager uh, who I'm happy to say that I'm still with who has not let me down. She's always had my back um, a few weeks before graduating. So I had been auditioning and auditioning, and finally um, the Friday after I graduated, I got a call from Law & Order Criminal Intent, and after after I auditioned that Friday, um, and the weekend came and, and went, that Monday I had a job and his law and order criminal intent, like you know, many people in New York City, the law and order franchise has really helped with residuals and getting people their sad cards and you know, their first opportunities it, it gave me mine and I still remember my my first few lines to Chris Noth and Julian Nicholson who's now on Masters of Sex. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was Twenty-two Beretta, ESU fished it out of a sewer three blocks away. We might get lucky with Prince, and that was my very <laughs> first. So it, it, it is, you so know. That is hilarious. I, uh, so born and raised in New York, a uh, 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 Manhattanite through and through, and Law and Order: Criminal Intent is my is my first gig out of uh, out of university. So it is um, it was a full circle moment uh, to say the least. But I remember it quite clearly, and I was like, "Don't you ever forget that you shared the screen with Mr. Big? Don't forget it, oh, no. right?
1: Right? I, oh I, my God! He's like the three. It, yeah. You know, and it was Wait, did you save your pay so, stub? So did you pay your you pay stub? Sorry, did you did you keep your pace up? Um, and did did you become SAG off of that, or or were you already SAG? How did you become I, SAG? I I
0: think I did keep my pace up for a while. I don't know where it is right now. Um, <laughs> I would have to look for it. But um, but but yes, yeah, that was the beginning of me earning um my eligibility towards SAG. Yes, and that part ended up, and the name of my character was C.S.U. Hayden, um, because I eventually got named since I was a recurring role. And that ended up being a recurring. So that took me well into September of that calendar year.
1: That's great. That's great. Now, you started, that was your first gig, but you also do or have done a lot of stage work. A lot of times people don't realize, they only see people, on film or on TV and are like, oh, who's that, so they're nobody or something, but they don't realize they've been doing lots of other things before they got to that point, or even while they're at that point, sometimes people are doing back and forth, stage film, stage TV. Um, you have that Yale background, you have that um, training. What, which avenue do you like the best, film, TV, What movies? Which one do you like the best?
0: Well, as an actress, I can say they nurture me in all different ways um, as the artist. Um, But I think that um, the most rewarding experience um, might be what happens live and in real time, and that would probably be the theater, just because it's so powerful. Um, I, I personally gravitate to... Film and television in the same way with the same enthusiasm, but so there is something mm-hmm. about your audience breathing the same air as the rest of the ensemble, and um, and in some cases, if you're doing a musical, which which I have not done professionally, you know, the orchestra. There's something about everyone living and breathing in the same space that is very powerful and potent, and gives the, the acting company something to really work with. I mean, granted, we've, you know, well, in a in four-week, you know, off Broadway production, let's say, you know, things change from night to night. But also, that happens in large part due to the kind of energy that you receive from your audience. And it's just mm-hmm. a very special thing. Nobody's going to see the same moment ever again unless you were in that space at the same time. And there's something very intimate and rewarding about that, um, that people put in their hard-earned money, and even if it's free, their time, which is just as valuable and arguably even more valuable to some people. And there's something really special in that, the theatrical experience. So I, I will say that that is the most powerful, but I enjoy all three and am equally as, as passionate um, with theater as I am with television and film.
1: What has been your favorite role that you've played so far? Now that you have a lot under your belt. Well, my favorite role,
0: um, it I the one thing that I was very. Are we talking about um, just you know post? Let's talk about film. Thing?
1: Yeah, uh, post-graduate, okay. well, Yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. film
0: maybe. Well, in well in film, that would have to be *Seven Psychopaths*. Seven Psychopaths okay. was a beautiful experience because I find something very rewarding in the challenge of storytelling through physical action and not always through words, which is how motion pictures, you know, came about with the silent film mm-hmm. and uh and uh Pickford and Chaplin and, and and I think his name was Fairbanks, but um but you know, so so it it's the origin of, you know, physical action is kind of the origin of where motion pictures started. So there was just something really great about that, the fact that um, it was loaded with humanity, um, ironically enough, given that it was <laughs> about seven psychopaths and <laughs> a little <laughs> dark. But there was a lot of humanity, and I found a lot of humanity in Maggie, the, the uh, woman I portrayed, in – in that, and um, in her pain, and why she did the things that she did, was, well, which was to go around the country with Tom Waits, who was her husband, killing people who went around the country killing people. So they were serial killer killers, but you find out in the film how, she, how they came to meet. And, and, um, and you can also un- understand from how they met and how he found her, why she might, in fact, be like that, and there was just so much in that, and the fact that she wasn't given a lot of words, in fact, she was given no words on the page, and one day I just said, "Get in the house, get in the house on set," and Martin McDonough, the incomparable Martin McDonough, who I would work for and play wallpaper you know for any day, <laughs> <of movie.
1: laughs>
0: he was just like, just just." He was like, just keep saying that. And, and we didn't have a lot of tape, so I only said it in some tape. But but I said it, and, and I said, oh, well, that was fun. So, you know, find and character or whatever, because you don't always keep everything that you shoot. Um, but then I saw the final product, I was like, he kept it. He kept it.
1: And, um, and it
0: was just a really beautiful, a full-have, we'll a, a humane side too and it, and it taught me a lot about uh, psychopaths for one but also for that comedy can also be very touching and heartfelt and I felt a lot of that in reading it and also in seeing it so that was well that you got a lot that... of um, yeah
1: go ahead. No, 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 no,
0: that,
1: that, that, that's my choice in film yeah that's all I wanted to say <laughs> Well, that, that's a good that, – I'm glad you brought that up because you talked a lot about layers just now and reasons why p- characters do things, but people in real life have reasons. And on your show, The Leftovers, there's a couple of psychopaths, if you will. Uh, Ann Dowd's character is a bit twisted. Um, and uh, Wayne, Wayne's uh, the guy who plays Wayne uh, uh, what's his Patterson-Joseph, uh, a bit twisted, uh, you know. Uh, and, and then now we have um, you as the mayor, and to some degree I have to question your sanity as a civil servant. I understand you're a civil servant, the character, but, like, at what point do you, does a civil servant abandon? You know what I mean? Like, think about that. Like, right now we have the situation with Ferguson and, and Mike, you know, Brown and all these things. At what point does the civil servant say, this is some psychopathic sleep bleep. I need to get myself mm. out of here. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, Sue. and and that's so funny that you said that
0: cause you're you're my break from uh, Reverend Sharpton right now because I just had to step away from it. What's happening in in Missouri is um, really quite sad and, and devastating, and um, and you would just think in this day and age that um, people would open their minds to different things. So will let's not get into that, but um, but yes, you are my break so, <laughs> so, so, so from all of that, but. What I will say is that i've been watching it, and I'm like, "Oh, Lucy's pretty normal <laughs> compared to everyone else and and I can exactly actually, yeah, and I can see her definitely having a moment of saying i'm done with mapleton i'm 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 done with public service because i, I the one interesting thing about her relationship with Kevin Garvey played. So damn well by Justin Thoreau. just so well. I mean,
1: he's just
0: he's just multi-talented, and the workload that he's been given, um, because everything's been so compartmentalized with the rest of the ensemble, but he's very much in the action as the police chief. So he's kind of everywhere, all over the town. So he's he's kind of involved in, in most people's storylines um, compared to others. But I think that's what's so interesting is that she's she's trying to deal and negotiate with him, and then she has um her personal
1: uh relationship with with his father and um, and that's kind yeah. of crazy too. I think that's the key right there when I was like, okay, maybe that's why she's staying around because it's like, why is this woman staying in this town when you got these people? who don't talk, who throw cigarettes, who knows what they're doing in their buildings. And then you got the dogs, the guy who's shooting the dog. I like, she has to know about the dog situation. I mean, just all the different things that are happening, the kids that lost their parents. I mean, overwhelming. So that's why I say she seems normal, but on, you know, the layers to her. And what I read uh, somewhere is that how you looked or how you started dealing with her character, you looked up her name. I thought that was very interesting, and her meaning. Talk to the audience a little bit about that. You're looking Absolutely. at the names of characters. Sure,
0: sure. I started doing that while I was at the Tisch School of the Arts uh, during my undergraduate years at New York University. And because I didn't really have any formal training yet, I've, I've always mm-hmm. had an interest in names. And whenever I meet somebody that I might be interested in, I'll always ask them, what does your name mean? And a lot of people look at me really perfect, but but I do. I, I look that up particularly when I'm getting ready to audition just to see, okay. you know, because, because this has to come from somewhere. Somebody had to have chosen the name for some reason. They might not have looked up the meaning. They might have just liked the name, but it means right. something. That's kind of where the beginning of my research comes, or I'll research and then, at the very end say, hmm, what does her name mean? you know, and um and that kind of feeds me. But the fact that Lucy comes from Lucille and means light in this very dark and troubled town mm-hmm. fed me information. And and with how I've been working and approaching the script is, you know, I don't ask too many questions unless I legitimately have one. So with what I've been given, I just concentrate on the light of the situation. She wants to have this council meeting because she wants things to get better. Okay. She's visiting, Kevin senior as much as she can in the the mental home, mental facility, Mm -hmm. because she wants things to get better. He's trying to be this beacon of light. As as hard-nosed as she can be and as determined as she can be, I think it comes from a very well-intended place and that she doesn't have any ill intentions whatsoever, at least not for now. We've got a season two wait. coming, so that might be different. Oh, but, wait no, a second, wait did a second. You did know? you just you give know? us a little bit of a
1: hint? Exactly.
0: <laughs> no, and I like what you said about the dogs barking, because one thing I noticed in seeing it, because when it's written, you know, and that's the great thing about being a part of film and television, is that you have something called post-production. So then there's a whole other team that comes in and edits, and 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 enhances sound and and credits the music and can we talk about the music on the leftovers from that? oh break? yeah oh creepy some of that stuff is a little creepy I, it's like whoa
1: yeah,
0: max is really setting the tone like really <laughs> setting the tone and that's what's been so interesting and that's why I've watched I mean usually I don't find myself watching myself on screen but it's just it's been such a team effort, and our writer's room is in Los Angeles, and I believe our editor's room is in L.A. as well. So having not really met everyone yet who worked production or pre-production, it's just been really gratifying to see our work come together, and that's when it airs. So so seeing that and and reading it can sometimes um, be a little different, but in a great way. Like I Like I see that the dogs you know, barking for the most part, they, they, they bark and, and chase uh, bags apparently at night. And one thing that I noticed about Lucy is that she's not a part of a lot of the night action. And I think, mm-hmm. I, think I think that might help home girl out just a little bit because, and, and help her keep her feet on the ground and, and her mind, um, uh, you know, on task and and focused. Yeah,
1: well, that's what so, so she's the light. She's the light, so she's not coming at night in the sense. But also, if you think about it, almost Shakespearean with the dogs, I thought about uh, howling spirits or or something at, at, the, at night. And um, uh, yeah, I, I could go on, but there's a lot. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I mean, oh, it's
0: representative. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying uh, any conversation about the leftovers can go on for hours. So, absolutely, Miss Hughes. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what can we expect? You you gave us some hint that maybe she's not all light, maybe there's some dark, of course, that goes with, you know, everything, you know, the the coins, two sides of the coin. What will we see her in more scenes in the next um couple episodes or um or should we see less or what's what's going to happen? Well, well, I can't can you tell tell you you say
0: week um, that this week's episode is our is our flashback episode so you will see what life was like um, in the uh, few weeks and the few days leading up to this sudden departure October Mm 14th
1: so you will see
0: the the beginnings of you know of her career you know okay um, and I'm, I'm trying not to give away too I almost gave away a lot. Okay, okay, um, yeah. I don't want to press <laughs> <here>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'll see where Scott Glenn's character, who plays Kevin Garvey Garvey Sr., where he was at, where Lucy was at, where where Kevin Garvey was at. And um, you might just hear some folks from the Guilty Remnant speak um, <laughs> this Sunday. So, oh, so my yes, God. Um, yeah, so this will be a very, very informative episode. That much I can tell you, and it might explain a lot as to how people carry themselves in our world present day in the leftover world present day. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, three plus years later, why we are where we are, and then on top of that, this sudden departure. So that might help the audience understand these characters more. For for the most part, we've been giving a lot of information throughout season one, and now that we have a season two, ah, season two. Um, yes, we, season two. Yeah. You know, I, I would just hope that people, instead of asking the questions of where The Departed have gone, can just really hold on and really, you know, watch, closely as, as Damon Lindelof always likes to play with things and how things are said and between characters and, and events in each episode. Just look at the information that, that you know, Tom and, and Damon have been giving, giving us in our scripts. But also the yeah. viewers, you know, on screen, and just you know really pay attention to that because just something tells me I haven't spoken to anybody, but just something tells me that we're about to fly come season two. So I think that you know season one is all about a really really good setup with information, a lot of information. Yeah, that's and,
1: how, and, and then yeah, I'm sorry, then, go then, like, ahead. Yeah. No, no, just like I was just agreeing. Like, and then season two. Um, you can get more you know, nitty gritty kind of, you know, I guess fuller. It'll just fill out more. You know what I mean? Um, but now, what about Amanda Warren? Are, do you plan on, let's say, it goes for four or five seasons? You, you think you'll stay like four or five seasons on a show like this, or would you say, oh, I'm getting bored with something like this, and I? I, I don't I don't know how you
0: can get bored with, with Damon Lindelof and Peter Berg and, and Tom Parada. I really don't know how you can get bored. If this has been a dream come true, this is a story, um, to my knowledge, that really hasn't been told on television, which is why it takes a lot of time to introduce the characters, um, which is why we've probably been giving um, you know, the the circumstances and the character information at a, at the pace that we have because it is a and and nothing worthwhile is easy and and I think that we're just taking our time with it because like I said something tells me that we're just going to really fly come season two so I would be thrilled if they had me Damon Tom and Pete and then with this amazing ensemble headed by
1: Muscle aches, rashes. To find an answer.
0: Hair
1: loss. I'm so tired. You need to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes
0: for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.